Thank you for downloading Hebron, Oklahoma's podcast. You can find out more about us on our website at hebronok.org. Now, here is our latest episode from the sermon series based on the Acts of the Apostles. Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him going to heaven. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. The world is facing unprecedented turmoil, and in the midst of that, Pastor still thought it was important that we have the English sermon, and he asked me to uh, speak. It'll be a brief, short message, but I believe the Lord will speak to all of us. The transformation of a simple Galilean fisherman named Simon to Peter the Rock is one of the greatest leaders as the first century church, is a story that is of enduring power and has provided hope and inspiration for Christians throughout the centuries. Today we'll take a few minutes and highlight some of the key moments in the relationship between Simon and Peter that caused this radical transformation and led to the powerful sermon in Acts chapter 2. As a youth, as a church, we've been studying from the book of Acts for the year, and we're up to Acts chapter 2, and we know that on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up backed by the other 11 apostles, and in one accord, they preached, and 3,000 Jewish souls, Jewish people, were cut at the heart, and 3,000 people joined the church in one day, and that is an example of exponential growth. I will read Acts chapter 2, verse 36 to 41. Acts chapter 2, verse 36 to 41. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ, so he is both the Master and the Messiah. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witnesses and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received these words were baptized and were added that day about 3,000 souls. I want to point out two things that Peter had stressed in this sermon that really cut at the heart of the Jewish people that were listening. One, he had full assurance that Jesus is the master. What does it mean to be the master? It means to be the Lord of something. And a Lord is someone who has authority, control, and power over others. To say somebody is, to, is, is Lord is to say that he is a master of some kind. 
So the first revelation that Peter is giving to the Jewish people is that he is Lord, which means that he is master, which means he has control over things. And we will look at the relationship between Jesus and Peter and how he came to that understanding. The second thing that he wants the Jewish people to understand is that he is the Messiah. And he says the word Christ in some versions, and Christ or Christos means that he is the Messiah, the Savior of the world. That shows that he knew the deity of Jesus, that Jesus is God himself, and that he took the form of a man, and that he came and lived among them, and that all authority in heaven and in earth is given unto him. As he later says, in, uh, as we see in Acts chapter 10, Jesus is Lord of all. Jesus is Lord of all. So there were two key messages that were in that sermon, which says that Jesus is the master and he is, has control over everything. Second is that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the Lord and he is God and he is Christ. Amen. The, Peter did not come to this revelation overnight. Peter had a long-standing relationship with the Lord Jesus. In fact, that's what we'll look at over the next few minutes. Simon, who came uh, and became Peter, was first brought to the Lord Jesus by his brother Andrew. And we see that there was a very familiar uh, uh, calling that Jesus made and a change upon his life. See, Andrew and Simon were both simple fishermen that would go out to the Sea of Galilee or the Lake of Galilee and uh, do fishing, and one day we see that there is a special calling on the life of Peter. Peter uh, was content at being a simple fisherman, and Andrew started to visit the, the teachings of Jesus, and he would take days and go and visit Jesus, and Andrew said, come and follow me, come see what this great teacher is doing, and Peter was familiar with Jesus Maybe he was even a fan of Jesus, but there was a special calling that we see that, uh, that happened in their life. And we see that calling of Peter in all of the, apost all of the, uh, the books of the Gospels. Uh, but in Luke, especially Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11, we see that where one fine morning, while Andrew and Simon were washing their nets, they were totally frustrated and they were um, washing their nets as professional fishermen. This was a day that they did not catch any fish at all, not even a minnow. And they were totally shut out, and now Jesus appears at Peter's boat, and he says, can I get in? Can you let out a little bit? And he starts to teach the multitude that was with, the, with them and taught the crowds. And then we see that after a while, uh, he says, can we go out a little bit, and can you put out your net? And Peter, who is a master fisherman, might have thought, what does this rabbi know about fishing or this former carpenter know about fishing? But because of his respect, he said, because you say so, I will let out my nets. And we see that the next thing that happens is they get a catch that is overflowing and they cannot, they cannot contain it in their boats and they have to call their friends, James and John, over. And, they, and then he realizes that he's not dealing with an ordinary man that he is dealing with someone all-powerful. And then he says, the wording of Peter is, is uh, curious there in Luke chapter 5, verse 8, I am a sinful man, depart from me. 
And Jesus replied here prophetically saying, I will make you not just a simple, ordinary fisherman here in Galilee, but I will make you a fisherman of men, a fisher of men, a fisher of men and women. How true that becomes uh, in Acts chapter 2. We see another glimpse of their relationship in Matthew chapter 14. In Matthew chapter 14, we see that Jesus has just fed the 5,000 people and he goes off to uh, have some alone time and he sends the disciples ahead in the, in the uh, lake and we see that there was a, a great storm that came and then the people were afraid and, the, and, and then the Lord uh, starts to walk um, in, in the midst of that and he says, uh, and then the disciples uh, think that it is a ghost but it is the Lord Jesus. And when the disciples see that it is the Lord Jesus, Peter is the one that says, uh, Lord, can I walk to you? And, and the Lord says, come. And Peter starts to walk on the water. As long as Peter's eye is set on Jesus, he is fine, and he's walking on water, doing the supernatural. And then when he starts to look at the waves, we see that he starts to sink, and the Lord grabs him and gets him back in the boat and then we see that all of the wording there is, all of the people in the boat says, you are truly the son of God. You can control nature. He is the maker of all things. And the people and the disciples start to understand the divinity of Jesus, that he has control and mastery over nature. Jump forward a few more chapters, and Peter declares something very profound, and we learned about it a couple of weeks ago from Pastor when they went to the area of Caesarea Philippi with his disciples, Jesus wanted some time with his disciples, and he asked them, who do the people say I am? And, some, and, some, and they said, some say John, Elijah, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But Peter then replies, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And the reply of Jesus is very poignant there. It says, it is not by flesh or blood, that God, that, but God who has revealed it to you. My father has revealed it to you. So we see that Peter slowly is getting, one, a name change. Second, he gets a special call. Third, through the water experience of walking on water, he understands that he has special powers. And now God has revealed to him that he is truly the Messiah. So when Peter is preaching in Acts chapter 2 that he is truly the Lord and Christ, he has had personal personal experience with that over the years, over the three and a half years with the Lord Jesus. But despite having this personal relationship and experiencing that the Lord is Master and Messiah, we see what Peter did in, the, in some of the later portions here. We see that on the day that Jesus was being tried, he said, I will love you more than anyone, that I will never deny you. But we know that in front of a young lady, and then another friend of another lady and then another man, Jesus denied him three times before the rooster crowed. And we see that, uh, that also he was the leader of the seven disciples that, took, uh, that, that took, uh, went back to fishing, that went back to their old trade when Jesus was uh, uh, crucified. So Peter even though he had an experience where he understood that Jesus was the master and the Messiah, he had a, a, a time when he had backslided in his life. And then we see that Jesus does not leave him in that state, but comes back after his resurrection. He comes back to that same boat uh, situation when the, 
they're, they're washing their nets. The Lord comes back and says, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? And that wording is very familiar um, to all of us, and I think Pastor spoke about this as well. He says, do you agape me? Agape is one of the uh, greatest forms of love, and Jesus was asking, do you agape me? And Peter could only reply, Lord, I've over-promised and under-delivered, so I will only say I will fillet you, which is where we get the word Philadelphia, or I'll have brotherly love towards you. But the Lord Jesus meets him where he is and says, all right, if all you have to offer is phileia, then I will take that and I will make something new of you. And the Lord Jesus, we see, uh, and this portion I've never studied before like this, at the end of, of John chapter 21, um, Jesus told Peter, the worship team can come up, the, Jesus told Peter how he was going to die. In that portion, John depicts how Peter was told that his hands would be stretched out and that he would be crucified. And then the Lord Jesus still said, follow me. So Peter, in this particular situation, knew that he would be a martyr for Christ at the end of chapter 21 of John. And then taking that, knowing that fully well, he then proceeds to follow Jesus and we see in Acts chapter 2, the portion that we uh, have been studying, this is the portion where Peter became a powerful vessel for the Lord after the Holy Spirit had come upon him. We see that Peter became powerful from this timid man who would, who would uh, forsake the Lord and go away from the Lord. He became a powerful man, and we know that he was a leader in the church, the first century church. We know that Peter had an end that was as promised by the Lord Jesus. He was crucified for his faith. But if you ask Peter, Peter, would you rather be an ordinary fisherman or obey the call of the Lord? Would you rather be Peter or would you rather be Simon? Would you rather obey the call of the Lord and follow him and know him as Master and Messiah? Many times in our lives, even though we have known him as the Master and Messiah, and I want to speak to the young people, and, the, and, and especially as we're undergoing social distancing here, that you st stay strong in the Lord and your relationship. You already know him as your master and your Messiah. Now is not the time to backslide or get uh, uh, behind in your faith. Now is not the time to forsake the Lord Jesus. But even if you have in the last week, the Lord has a promise for you. The Lord will not leave you in your state. The Lord has a question for you. The Lord's question is, do you love me? And you might not be able to promise him the world and say, yes, I agape you. But if you just have a little bit of love for the Lord, the Lord wants to meet you there. And he does not want to leave you in your, in your situation. He wants to take you to, into a new relationship. Once you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you get uh, power from upon high and you're able to uh, witness for the Lord and you're able to stay strong in the Lord. And we see that Peter was willing, even though he was told he would be crucified. And later, history tells us that uh, Nero put him to death. And there's also some historical accounts that he said he's not worthy to be crucified uh, upside down. 
Uh, or uh, right side up like his Lord Jesus, but uh, upside down. We don't know if that's true. That's not in the Bible. But Peter, who knew him as his master, knew him as his Messiah, was still going back to his old trade, his old profession. He had felt guilty because he had uh, denied the Lord Jesus. He wondered if the Lord Jesus would want anything to do with him. But after his resurrection, where did Jesus go? He went to find Peter, Andrew, the seven disciples on the lake. And he says, Peter, do you love me? And that's what the question that we have for each and every one of us. In the midst of this calamity, in the midst of all the chaos that's going on in the world, this is not the time to run away from the Lord. This is the time to say, Lord, I love you. I have a little bit of love, but you can do great things with it. Lord, I've done messed up, but I know that you will restore me. Not only restore me, but use me in the days to come. May God bless you all with these words.